Teddy Bridgewater's Neighborhood Toy Drive Exceeds Expectations. Teddy Bridgewater surprised Miami kids with toy drop-off. Saints QB hands kids cash. What Teddy Bridgewater did when he ran out of toys to give away to kids in his hometown. Spoiler alert, he gave them all $20 bills. Every single (laughs) kid. And you never hear about it. And they're like, why don't you publicize this? He said, see, the thing is, when you're genuine and your heart is pure, the attention means nothing. This was last July. My... My new name in the hood is Mr. U-Haul because I will pull up and shut down 15th Ave whenever I feel like it. Just handing shit out. And if you're still not impressed, the next headline I showed uh, that showed up, Teddy Bridgewater reads his children's book to students. Yeah, he wrote a book called Little Bear Teddy. And Uh he's like work done, just out there doing great stuff. We are your 2022 Hartford Orioles cheerleaders, and you're listening to Patriot Sports Radio. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Glad to have you with us. And thank you for those reviews. They help a ton to get our name out there in front of folks like this one from Walter D. Hinson, 17, who said, quote, best ever. His words, not mine. I'm so happy I found this podcast. I've listened to so many. This one is amazing. Well, thank you, Walter. We're happy you found us as well. We got Chris over there doing his thing. Coach is having a meeting. I believe, yes, Coach has been scouting a team for weeks, and he is now having the meeting where he presents to the team. Now, here's what these guys do. Here's how we going to beat them. That's what he's up to this morning, but Angela is here. John is here. He's got the backwards hat. He means business. R.I.P. Bandana. Um, How are you guys doing this morning? Angela, ladies first. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm... um. Just like Ferris Bueller, I think I'm going to pull through it. <laughs> save Play Ferris. Through it. Save Ferris. <laughs> Love it. Maybe we need a Save Angela shirt in the store. Like Some sort of get well soon situation. How are things in uh, in Denver, John? Are people riding in the streets over Nathaniel Hackett's incompetence? Yeah, they're not happy. Um, and we got a tough crew this week. Uh, for the most flagged team in the NFL, we have the most flagged crew coming into town. So there's going to be a lot of booze. That sounds like an under to me. Let's yeah. pencil that in for tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's going to be – nobody's happy. Let me put it that way. <laughs> They're counting down the the, the uh, play clock like it's like it's a high school basketball game. Things are not good. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That is really yes, embarrassing. That that goes nicely into our first uh, segment. We had another dipshit protester. I had the podcast all done and ready to go, and then I saw this. I, <laughs> I swear this. to God, if these dipshit protesters don't chill out, we're going to have to do a spinoff podcast just about them. That's not a bad idea, actually. Let's put a pin in that. Anyway, this young man wanted to protest the use of private jets. He picked a tennis match, so I'll give him credit. He chose the right crowd. Roger Federer, ever heard of him, was about to play the final match of his story career when our theactivist, like that, came up with that word yesterday, a theactivist noun. It's an activist who needs to put on a performance. Boy, you're right, Chris. When I lean away from the microphone just a little bit, I'm gone. So I'm working on my microphone discipline. How's my driving? Eric at PatriotSportsNow.com. So this kid runs out on the court, sits on the ground, and pours something out. Then he lights it, and he appears he's about to go full rage against the machine. And then his bare arm catches fire, and he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Never mind, never mind. Jets are cool. And he's rapidly trying to put his arm out, and then he just sits there dejected, like completely in defeat. As security runs up and carries him off, like, oh, man, I thought I had the balls to do it, but I did not. 
Yeah. So I saw on the interwebs, this is what the article said. A man wearing a T-shirt with a slogan protesting the use of private jets in the United Kingdom. Boy, that's a very specific protest. Uh, (laughs) Interrupted a match at the Laver Cup tennis exhibition at the O2, O2 Arena in London by lighting his right arm on fire while sitting on the court. This incident occurred during a break in a match between Stefanos. Oh boy, Seatspuzz. I think I think I nailed that. I think it's Seatspuzz and Diego Schwartzman. So Federer wasn't on the court when it happened. I assume he was like the next match. Gosh, these guys are so dumb. Did he use jet fuel to light the fire? Because that would have been where it's at. Yeah. Gosh. That would have been beautiful. That would have been just like the petroleum protests that uh, people paddle out in kayaks, which are 90% petroleum products, to protest (laughs) drilling in the ocean. What's there to be said that hasn't been said on this podcast before, but what an idiot. Still no website. Come on, people. Still no website to go to. Uh, What do you want me to do, bud? Um... And you look like an idiot. It looked like a high schooler who storms the field or something. And Weird looking like, kid. Yeah, yeah. Just a goofy some bitch. And <laughs> <laughs> he did look like a high schooler who like runs out on the field and is like, what do I do next? Uh, right. And, and it, he just didn't think it through. We, we no. go back to my, my point last time. We don't know how to protest anymore. Right. Underestimated Millennials need to hurts. stop trying to protest. We we don't know how to do it. <laughs> so did they just let him like to just let him do his thing? Was everybody just like what what? Yeah, was like was seven like seconds, and then oh. they took him off, and and then he went boneless. So he's just like right, yeah, <laughs> just couldn't look more limp, metaphorically and literally. Like a toddler taken off. It was in, in a shop when you're trying to pull him out. I just. <laughs> I like whether it's somebody who runs on the baseball field or something. I mean, just start tasing these people. <laughs> I love that. Just throw in a haymaker. The video be- I saw picked up where he was already on the ground in the puddle of whatever it was that was on fire. And there was no security even near him. So somehow he got out to the mid court, poured this stuff out and lit it. That's multiple seconds. Yeah. That was What was that basketball game? Where the person tried to run out of the crowd and the security guy oh, dove yes. and grabbed them before they even hit the court. That was yeah. masterful. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. when everybody was gluing their hand to stuff. <laughs> Boy, they were on top like, of that. watching it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. he, he had a post note. He had her picked track. out. He had inside information. He was bird-dogging her. I thought that was an ex-girlfriend, though. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that was an ex-girlfriend of one of the players. Oh, They should make it yeah. a thing, like, when you buy your tickets that there's, you know, like, you have to sign for the fee and the whatever, and then there should be a disclaimer about, like, getting tased. Like, if you're Straight not up, really... If they start you might get tased, bro. Angela, if they start tasing them, we're going to have a YouTube channel that's going to have a million <laughs> viewers. Because oh, we'll man. just build one off the tases. Up for Patriot Sports Radio. Can we put Matadors getting fucked up by bulls in Absolutely. there too? That's my favorite. We're get it. We're get it. That channel all lubed up and ready to go for John's experience when he goes runs with the bulls. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's coming for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah, you what? gotta you gotta know what you're doing. Let's get the baseball out of the way. I've been finding some great stories about Ricky Henderson lately that this episode was already so jam-packed with amazing sports content I didn't really want to add it in here but we will have some Ricky Henderson stories in the near future he's a third person guy who I think <laughs> is cool enough to, t- to talk about himself in the third person but more on that later Albert Pujols I wrote this I updated this Woo-hoo! stuff last night at like 10 p.m. and it was 698 I wake up this morning and it's 700. He uh he hit 699 and 700 in the middle of the night on Apple TV. That's exactly mm-hmm. what Rob Manford deserves. Mm-hmm. The guy who caught <laughs> The guy who caught number 700 reportedly declined several offers and left the stadium with the baseball in his possession. Smart man. Oh. We'll get to the New York idiots in a minute. But this guy kept the baseball. Yeah, that's perfect. Rob Manfred makes it so hard to view this sport. And now this guy hits two home runs to get to 700. One of the all-time players of this generation. 
and I don't know, 14 people saw it outside of who was in the stadium. Angela, did you see it? This is something you've been highly anticipating. I have been highly anticipating and I was under the weather and because the damn game started at 10 after nine, I didn't get to see it. So I'm one of those bitter pissed off people who is pissed that I didn't get to see it live because I'm like (laughs) pre-geriatric now that I'm sick. And um, yeah, I was really pissed that I'm, I'm so excited for him. I have to say like with all the amazing stuff going on in baseball, um, you know, you guys are always so gung ho about football <laughs> and that's so cool. But I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around football fully until baseball's done because of the magic of baseball. So like, I'm like in bed with major league baseball fully and totally right now. Like I'm in bed with major league baseball. We are like rounding third <laughs> and like the NFL is getting like a over the pants hand job from me, like on the couch. <laughs> I, just, I don't have anything to do with around. it until I know what's going on with Aaron Judge until, you know, Pujols gets 700, which he did. So I'm super That's excited. Fair. I just, I'm all high in baseball. <laughs> I think baseball did a, they, they really shit the bet on this. When really? I was younger and McGuire and Sosa were going at it. That was this all was anybody all, was this, talking about. And it was yeah. incredible. I tuned into every game. Every game was on prime time. It was a deal. And they Bird had ceiling. just absolutely right. fucked this up. This could have been a deal. And what a great thing for the St. Louis Cardinals. Just kind of a, they're a staple baseball team in America. And I they just shit the bet on it, in my opinion. When and he it, went back there and the season began i was like what he's trying to get to 700 that's insane he's gonna hit like four and then after the home after the all-star break just started crushing baseballs granted this isn't as exciting as sosa mcguire was those were just moonshots it it could be but I mean, it could be yeah, exactly you have aaron judge i didn't know aaron judge was going for the triple crown until last night I and just exactly, learned exactly, that. John. That's exactly right. I just learned and that right now. They he's battling <laughs> to get the triple crown for batting average with Xander Bogarts, who's the Red Sox. So it's like there's so many storylines that just write themselves that uh, no nobody's they're writing. nowhere to be found. The oldest, nowhere to be found. The, it's being the missed. Most, you know, talked about rivalry in Major League Baseball heading into October. Guys going for you know. Yankees records. This isn't like the Florida Marlins team record. This right. is the fucking New York Yankees team home run record. It's a can, big deal. Can I it's also say deal. that this is th- this Cardinals team is a big deal because this is Yachty, Albert, and and Wainwright. Like they're all they're gonna do, they're doing this together. This one yep. last let's get a push, and they're crushing it. They're killing the Central. It's they crazy. have a huge. They're gonna make a huge run, and they totally shit the bus on that. I'm and I'm not a Cardinals fan. I'm a big Brewers fan, but they fucked that up. I'm they so did. mad I didn't bet on the Cardinals to win the division back in like July because they do this every year, and we every year we talk about it. How you know they they win 28 games every September? It's crazy. They just do not lose. Before we leave baseball, were you about to leave baseball? No, I'm going to pull up the uh, playoff picture. Okay, but we got to talk oh, about the Guardians and their social yes, media. Go posts. for it. I don't know. If- if anybody's seen this, but it's about the dumbest team social media post I've ever seen. So the Guardians win in Chicago and uh, Chicago is mostly out of it. But they decide that they want to liken their 12 most valuable rookies as most wanted. And they dress them up in prison outfits and put oh. like ball and chains and took what? a social media picture with like two prison guards and then just 12 inmates, quote unquote, and they're like, we got the 12 most wanted, more to come. How are they and wanted if they're in custody? It's it's like <laughs> they're, they're playing off everybody in the league wants them. But it's like, wow, that is a real stretch. Let's, let's really stretch a metaphor so that we can incorporate prisoners in our system after we just, you know, changed from being the Cleveland Indians to now the Guardians. Let's You'd be just better be off sexualizing idiots. them and doing yeah, like yeah. a firefighter's calendar. <laughs> don't you yeah. want us type angle? I, and, and on top of that, they did the social media post in Chicago. So it's hey, like John, weird. John, you're John, you're a math guy, right? That's I mean, like, you kind of deal with numbers. And yeah. I, I take you as a smart guy. So let's rewind this clip a little bit. 
Chicago's mostly out of it. No, they're like six and a half games out of the wild card. They're not going to win. Chicago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't see. I was like mostly out of it. Come on. It would take it would take historic failures on a bunch of teams for the for the White Sox to make the playoffs at this point. If the playoffs started today, you would have Seattle and Cleveland playing, and you'd have the Blue Jays playing Tampa Bay, and then Houston and New York would have your buys over there, and then you'd have San Diego playing St. Louis. That's That series is either going on or just wrapped up right now. Philly playing Atlanta, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And those would be for the opportunity to go play the Dodgers and Mets and essentially have your season extinguished. I think the Braves possibly catch the Mets. I don't know. I don't know what's left. I'm sort of I'm unplugged from baseball. Mm. My shot glass of a brain only has time for- only has room for football. Remember? <laughs> Nobody remembers that episode of Married with Children where Bud taught um, Kelly to be smart, but then she forgot like what a doorbell is. She had all these <laughs> math equations in her brain, but all the basic information was gone because she didn't have room. That's sort of how my sports brain is. And I have one sport in there. Well, I can tell you right now, the Mets are not going to do anything. That's what they do. They Mets. When Aaron Judge hit number 60 in New York last week, it was caught by this 20-year-old college kid who was there with his three buddies. Um, Rather than keep the ball or even better, sell the ball, he simply gave it back. He handed it right back to the team. Um, He and his buddies got some jerseys and autographed shit, whatever. The ball immediately was valued at $50,000. So this poor kid's dad was probably so happy when he saw him catch that ball on TV, <laughs> like fuck you NYU this year is paid for. And then <laughs> well, he comes mostly. home like, Hey, where's that? Where's that ball? Uh, we were going to pay for your patriarchy master's degree with that. Um, I gave it back. Cause Aaron judge is a really cool guy. And then after the game, Aaron judge, they asked him about, you know, this monumental 60th home run. He's like, eh, whatever, you know, <laughs> And then he started talking about how Stanton hit a grand slam and how that's the big deal. Like, he doesn't even give a fuck about this baseball. Mm-hmm. And you traded it for a jersey and a couple of tickets. Not even season tickets for life. I don't understand. A yeah. lot Like the Brady ball. The Brady ball just sold for like $129,000. Yeah. So much more than the Bitcoin that the kid got for it, which he didn't even ask for. He just handed that football back too, which at the time we thought was Brady's final touchdown pass. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. here you go, dude, this guy's a mi- You know, I love my team just, you know, just like everybody else. But at the end of the day, as an adult, you realize we are cheering for stranger millionaires who will never know or give a fuck about us because, and only because they're wearing that color shirt right now. So if you have an opportunity to sell one of these balls for, you know, five, six figures, you do that every time. But I digress. As a baseball fan, that's your right. I mean, football's a little bit different. I don't know how that person acquired that that ball. Um, But, uh, you know, with a baseball, I mean, that's... Mike Evans threw it in the stands. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean... Just a weird move to to give it back. I, I mean, if it were me, I would say I will let the Yankees match any bid online and I'll yeah. sell it to them. That's the yeah, nicest thing I would do. You can give me as much as the next guy, but I'm not giving it to you. Because it's your ball. <laughs> right. I paid sure. the ticket. That, yeah, I that's showed how up this and works. I caught it. Yeah. Great. I wonder how much this 700 home run ball is going to sell for. It's going to be a lot. It's gonna be a lot. If it if it went to a Cardinals fan, he's probably just gonna keep it. Those those fans are different. Best fans in baseball, just ask them. Yeah. <laughs> if you look up uh, Albert Pujols' career earnings, I bet he could bid a pretty high dollar for that ball. Yeah, if he really wants it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he cares or not because he didn't care about the other one. Maybe he doesn't care. Yeah, he didn't really give a shit. One more baseball thing: Joey Votto remains the coolest guy ever. Fan favorite Joey Votto is out for the season with a torn rotator cuff. That's the bad news. But 
He's not letting that stop him from expressing his love for baseball. Fans at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati have been seeing Joey in the bleachers where he's just walking around with a beer, signing autographs, taking pictures with people. He's got like a Reds V-neck t-shirt on and a beer in his hand, just having the time of his life out there in the bleachers. Every time I see this guy on the internet, it's because he's doing a TikTok dance with some nine-year-old girl while he's in the on-deck circle. Or like handing some kid his gloves and and hat. He that's exactly what I have written down here, Chris. I have Joey Votto is the rare professional athlete who gets it. He understands that three minutes out of his day can be something a kid remembers forever. And he understands his role as ambassador of the game. Unlike Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Joey Votto is actually out there trying to grow the game. Like he should be in charge of everything. The league, the players union, the catering, the lawnmowers, fucking everything. That's awesome. So cool be, Joey that. Votto I'm surprised they let him do that though. Like a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they do, but I'm almost surprised that they let him do that, but I love That's it. That's wild. great. He's so cool. He's Joey he's Votto does things the they don't let him do. Like exactly. launching <laughs> balls out of entire stadiums <laughs> when he's <laughs> pretending to toss it to a kid. He doesn't ask. He no, he's <laughs> he, so I think Joey Votto is like that because he's in Cincinnati. I think if he were in New York, Chicago, or LA, the media would have completely pissed him off and he wouldn't want to do anything because then he'd have to answer to every little thing that he did. But because yeah. he's in Cincinnati, the home of Elmer's glue, um, <laughs> nobody cares, you know. Um, and that's that's what's awesome about it. Oh, what's next? John, brief us on this Phoenix Sun situation. What is going on down there? We got it, that, and then we got Ime Udoka, too, later. Yeah. Yeah, what's we got a dumpster fire side? in the league. Uh, a lot of PR nightmares. Basically, uh, Sarver is the majority owner of the Phoenix Suns. He bought it, I think, back in like 03, 04 for 400 mil. And he also bought the mercury with it but he's basically kind of one of those guys who thinks he can treat it like a good old boys network and and that's just not the way it is anymore you know uh, some of the stuff when you read it on paper seems pretty funny like he pants somebody in front of, <laughs> in front of a, a group of people um made a don draper kind of comment about a woman uh her boob job stuff like that stuff that seems funny if it's ron burgundy <laughs> but it just doesn't fly. And then there's been some other things like <clears throat> um, asking if he can use the N-word, why he can't. It's just kind of one of those things where have a little bit of an awareness about who you are. What do you mean? Uh, I thought this was America. I think his argument was Kevin Durant could say it, but I can't. And it's like, <laughs> have you been alive in America? You idiot. just digging the hole deeper. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and there's been other stuff, but it. I haven't read into the good things he's done, but it, from what I do read, he he is pretty involved in the community, and he does do a lot of charitable stuff, just like any billionaire with money to burn, you know. So he's being basically bullied into selling the team, um, and, and so it's going to go up for sale. It's val- I think it's going to be valued around like two billion or something like that. <clears throat> Um, so he's going to have to sell the Suns and the Mercury. And the thing that annoyed me was uh, the second highest owner, a, min- a minority owner, was calling on his resignation. And my whole argument with that is when you've got some dude who's unhinged and puts everybody on an edge whenever he's around and he's the owner and you're also an owner, you have some responsibility too. And so it, without being in the building and stuff like that. I just wonder, okay, well, you're an owner too. Should you have to resign because you also own this? And just because you weren't the guy who was saying all the inappropriate things, you let it happen too. Um, It's just kind of this um, mudslinging that I don't understand. And, And I've been a part of crappy cultures where it takes more than one person to create a toxic work environment. And I just don't like that. Um, you know, everybody gangs up on one person in a situation like this where it's like, well, where was HR? Where were the other owners? Why aren't they getting punished too? Because you just sit back and let it happen. I don't care if he's the majority owner. You you can overthrow him somehow. You can If this has been going on for 15 years, 
I, I just don't buy it. And so it's kind of the one fall guy thing just always pisses me off. Yeah. How do we get past all the fail safes yeah. to the point where the media is the one sounding the alarm? Yeah. And after and, these things come out, you always hear people who worked there come out and say, oh, yeah, we knew this the whole time. He was doing this and this and this. Like, I'm surprised it took this long. Like, we'll pick up a fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's And if this is enough to sell a team, I, there's there are at least a half dozen owners right now losing sleep. Like, oh, shit. If he just had to sell because he asked a girl in the hallway yeah. if she got some improvements this summer. I am fucked. Like three people saw me banging that secretary at the Christmas party last year. Like it is over for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where I wonder, uh, gosh, how many days does Jerry Jones have left? Oh boy. Cause you can't tell me he's squeaky clean. I mean, I'm just purely speculating, but wow. No, I'm not too worried about Virginia McCaskey in Chicago, but um, a man who salts his McMuffins lives dangerously. He ain't afraid of consequences. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a good point. Robert. I mean, these Dallas Cowboys. A, a billionaire owner is a very interesting section of society because they can pretty much do whatever the hell they want until now, and everything that they've ever done is up for grabs now as uh, as reasons for this- him to become a defendant. This is like when DNA evidence became a thing. Everybody uh, who just dumped somebody in a shallow grave in 1984 with blood all over it. It's like, oh, shit. Or 1962. You telling me they can go back? <laughs> they, can, they can go back in the records now? And, and they did. And they, they did, did that. <laughs> and you know what? Jerry Jones is rich. And back in the 80s and 90s, they were the ones that were filming shit. Us poor people, we couldn't afford camcorders. But those rich people, everything's gone filmed. Yep. Might be a VHS tape around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would imagine, like, just because he has so much money and there's power behind that, that is super intimidating. And, you know, that whole, like, I, I could own you and squash you and whatever. And, like, now that's all out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really yeah. is. The internet's a powerful thing. No amount of money can combat 60,000 retweets of what an asshole you are. If we took all the NFL ownership pool, how many monies do you believe have been written under the table to shut people up? (laughs) Wow. A lot of monies monies have been. So many monies. Checks have been scratched. The white collar Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watsons you never hear about. Until now. Yep. I mean, it's an easy. Yes, until now. That's an easy call if you're him. Let's just sell the teams, retire into the sunset, go sail around on my yacht with... With all the millions of dollars. Yeah, that's in the that's a B word, a bil- billion. You don't b- have to b- work b- anymore. Bill. I'll tell you what needs to be sold. Southwest Airlines, whoever is in charge of this shit. This is unforgivable. These sadistic son of a bitches partnered with Guitar Center in a promotion that subjected all passengers to a ukulele session. This was a flight from Long Beach to Hawaii. So you got people, they walk on the plane, every seat has a ukulele with a floral case next to it sitting there on the seat. You know right then and there your day is fucked. Like, could you imagine, long flight, big plans, maybe you want to catch a nap, maybe you, are, you're exhausted, you had a long night, maybe you're anxious about being in a metal tube over the ocean for like six, I don't know how many hours, it's a long flight, and there's no place to safely land between there and Hawaii. Um, and now it's, now it's ukulele time. Now it's your biggest fear and flashbacks of high school music class. That's, that's, that's terrible. So are they giving classes on the plane or is it just a they, gift? Was it like, Hey everybody, let's do this. Yeah. Somebody came out and said, all right, now we're going to learn how to play the ukulele. Oh my God. Guitar center guarantees that anyone can learn in 20 minutes. So we're going to prove it. Yay. What the fuck? That's so shitty. Like, leave me alone. I would have been full rock star and smashed that bitch over somebody's head. I knew you were going to hate it. <laughs> like, okay, so watch shitty. me do this now. <laughs> oh, while we're uh, into basketball, self coach Ime Udoka pulled a Costanza. This was a classic. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? He was carrying on physically a consensual relationship with 
a coworker rumored to be um a superior. No, that's that's now debunked. Oh, that's been debunked. Do we have yeah. a lead? On, well, we're not going to speculate. We're not. Well, gonna I will speculate it. because it well, actually okay. makes sense. Let's speculate then. Let's well, hear it. I won't say names because we're just speculating. But there is a female staffer who is married to a is. senior vice president Ooh. on the team that he allegedly they think Stafford? that he slept with because two days before it came out, this female staffer scrubbed her social media. Staffer? Ooh. I barely know her. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, and then Matt Barnes came out the night everybody was speculating and said, oh, I don't think it's a big deal. More or less, I'm paraphrasing. And then the next day he was like, never mind, I got a call. And if you don't know Matt Barnes, he played on the Golden State Warriors and now says he works on the media. But it seems like a smart dude. So then he backtracks it and says, it's actually a lot worse than I thought. And I'm going to take it all back. And I hope everything's going to be fine. But, you know, based on also what I read um, from this is according to Black Sports Online. So real, real sketchy. But this is the only thing I found. And it, if it's true, it makes sense. Um, you know, if you have a female staffer who scrubs her social media Two days before it comes out, and she's also mm. married to a senior vice president. Um, then that makes it pretty nasty, and I, it kind of aligns with what Matt Barnes is saying. We'll see. I, I you never know. Um, but he obviously did something real bad. But I don't know why they wouldn't just outright fire him. Um, that would explain why a consensual relationship is such a huge deal. If but then he came out and said, then there were unwanted comments that he made and stuff like right. that. So there's more to the story, and it's just like I don't know. It's it's annoying. It's like you're you're the coach. You're not technically married, but you're engaged. Like stop being such a sleazeball. I right. I, I don't know why it's that hard. I mean, you just that's I don't what know. she said. <laughs> the whole thing too is like so they're saying oh like it was consensual and two people and what they do behind closed doors la 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 but it goes against company policy like end of story like that's where there's no forgiving it is what it is and it it, it, it always I gets weird it i'm yeah. telling you like if you are the head coach and it's an extramarital affair it's not going to just be like, oh, okay, so that was our last time and we're done. Okay, let's go on about our business. It's never like that. It's always somebody wants it to stop before the other person, and then it gets really weird. It's Dr. Evil and what the, was Lord, name, the John? Lady. <laughs> I promise. No. I promise things won't get weird. And not from my oh, experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> things got weird, didn't they? No. No. I. Uh. It, it is annoying. And I also saw this. I didn't understand this, but people were getting mad on Twitter. They're like, why is everybody talking about Ime Odoka and his personal life when Brett Favre's stealing from poor people? And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I saw most people comparing that to Jameis Winston stealing crab legs. Got what? more ink. Well, to, to the Ooh. Brett Favre thing. Brett Favre's been out of the league forever. And he's already in trouble. He's dead and buried. He he's not coming back. Like that's that's going to trial, and he will go to prison. This one is something that would that be wild. Somebody who's what? still in the league. He just took the Celtics to the championship, and I don't know. So I, I saw a lot of that. Why are we talking about he, this? He's when going to prison. He'll probably go to John. prison. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It probably cost a lot of money to call in the fucking bomb squad and the ATF and whoever they had to call when this University of Utah student was just doing her part as a fan. Um, a 21-year-old University of Utah engineering student was arrested this week on suspicion that she made a terrorist threat. I mean, you could call it that. After she posted a message online saying that she would detonate a nuclear reactor on campus what? if the university's football team lost its game on September 17th, the university said. It was just the a Utes goof. Won, the Utes won 35-7, so you can't argue with results. One you and can't say bomb on an airplane. <laughs> this reminds I mean, me of a lot. one of my classes. Uh I went to Northern Illinois and in business school, you have to take a nine hour class. Uh, you go three hours, three times a week and you have tests every other week. It's the most miserable class you could possibly take. 
And lo and behold, every semester, somebody would call in a bomb threat because they didn't have time to study for a test. (laughs) (laughs) So college students, this is like their get out of jail free card. But now it's like a federal offense. Somebody turned her in for sure. Like some like some cranky bitch who sits next to her in class who who just can't stand her. probably saw that and was like, oh, today's the day. (laughs) It's the person that raises their hand and says, you didn't collect our homework. Right. Oh, I got I got one more basketball thing. The high school to NBA pipeline is back. Just when you thought the NBA couldn't get more morally ambiguous, they're dipping their toe back into the high school ranks. This is from Shams Sharania at The Athletic. He's the new guy. Like, Woj yep. is clearly the number two guy at this point. Uh, the NBA and NBA Players Association are expected to agree on moving the age out of eligibility for the NBA draft from 19 to 18, clearing the way for the return of high school players making the NBA leap per sources with knowledge of the discussions. The reduced age limit for high school to NBA jumps would go into effect as early as the 2024 season. Commissioner Adam Silver said in July that he was hopeful the rule would change. Um, The draft age limit at 19 years old has been here since 2005. Team owners and front office executives couldn't help themselves from investing in high draft picks and tens of millions of dollars in teenagers straight out of high school. There were a bunch of success stories like Garnett, Kobe, Tracy McGrady, LeBron, Dwight Howard, but there were a lot of a uh, lot of major busts that cost Eddie Curry tons of money. Um, Kwame Brown, could you put yeah. Kwame Brown on that list? Um, Eddie Curry so was the since- big one from the Bulls. So it says since 2005, the sports landscape has undergone dramatic changes and opened up more doors for 18 year olds to make money before they reach the NBA. The biggest change came in June of this of last year when the Supreme Court ruled in a landmark decision that the NCAA could not limit education related payments to student athletes and that college players can be compensated through name, image and likeness deals. Players can also forego college to make money by joining the G League or playing overseas. So this is just the NBA. It's a, it's a reaction to NIL. Is it the NBA just making sure they don't lose somebody to Europe who might be yep. good? Yeah, I think so. I take the side of like, if you're 18, you should be able to do whatever you want. Uh, NFL is, is an exception to that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't help college basketball, which kind of stinks. But yeah, I mean, there were a lot of kids nowadays who were like, why would, why on earth would I go to college when I could go to the G League um, or go, because you can make money in the G League a little bit, um, or go to Europe. There was one player I know in the last year that went to Europe and he was like, could have gone to Duke, was like, nah, screw that. I'm not doing that. Um, one of the ball sons, I think, did that. But I, I like it. Uh, you know, it's the NBA saying, yeah, if you if you think you can cut it, you know, come on up. We'll find out. Um, you know who can't cut it just as a man? Um, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> we can't really call after how he reacted to a small quarter inch rope grazing his face. We can't really call him a man. He went to the ground as if one of the many Windy City strays had struck him right in the eye at the mm-hmm. Live Chicago Invitation. Aren't they all invitationals? If you're the Saudis holding this this uh, multi zillion dollar league, Bryson went all the way to the ground, and then <laughs> that is poor caddy. This guy <laughs> just a glutton for punishment. Like yeah. I think the caddy might have some things going on where he enjoys being abused. The he offered him a towel to like wipe his face. I don't know the tears. There's not blood or anything. Yeah, and Maybe he was snatched it out of his hand I mean, like a. Like a kid who just lost at his favorite video game and mm-hmm. mom came to hand him a fruit snacks, just snatched it out of his hand like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was full tantrum. Like it, it was. was like four year old style. And I was like, what the hell? Like I thought something really bad happened. I had to rewind the clip and I'm like, oh, like it was a rope. <laughs> it was yeah, just it's, a rope. It's like one of those mashups where you see the guy who cocks the gun and shoots it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to DeChambeau and he goes like full matrix body bending backwards. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you're really making a meal out of this. Like, I understand it probably did hurt, 
but because no he's a dickhead, he, he did it ego. the way he did. Yeah, yeah, that was ego. I think he it was, was like, oh my god, I've just been embarrassed publicly. I have to make a total ass of myself now. That's yeah. why he was so angry when he got handed the towel. He was thinking about how this was going to play on the internet. Definitely. And it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. Which, honestly, gosh. And he he's such a dickhead. I'm surprised. <laughs> he goes through caddies because he's so obnoxious. Uh, he's just your ultimate golf villain. Of course, he went to the Live Tour. I'm sure he was begging them to go. Yeah. And stuff like this happens. And, of course, he just continues to be the villain. Like, he couldn't have played that off and, and laughed at himself a little bit, played dead for a little bit, done <laughs> yeah. something yeah. to at least be somewhat relatable and, like, understand that nobody likes him and maybe just crack a joke or something. Because that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah that could have been an levity. epic moment. <laughs> that yeah. was a great opportunity. As a ginger, that's, a I know, a great opportunity to make fun of oneself. And that was one right there, but he played it the other way, and that usually doesn't go work well. Uh, what else isn't working well? These coaches. Now it's early, but there are some real shit shows in the NFL already. We got Frank Reich, who can't beat the worst teams in the league, which has to mean the Colts are one of the worst teams in the league. There's no way Ursay is okay with that label. Uh, what's his name in Denver? Old Nathaniel can't hack it. He's absolutely drowning. He has mm -hmm. no idea what to do. As a head coach, it's a big difference going from coordinator to head coach. You're barely a football coach anymore. You're more of a CEO in charge of a multi-billion dollar corporation. You have to be more of a master of delegation than a football coach. And mm -hmm. everybody's got everybody he's got working under him is doing the job for the first time. So I think they hired Hackett because they thought it was going to bring Aaron Rodgers. And then it didn't. And their intention was to let Rodgers coach the team. But now... They're stuck with Russell Wilson and a coach who has no idea what he's doing. I mean, he's taking delay of game penalties left and right. I, yeah. You can't. <laughs> that's totally, totally. I mean, that's like unforgivable. <laughs> if you're a yeah. fan, um, that is the number one thing that sets you off. Yeah. Especially the one that pushed them out of field goal range. If it pushes you out of range or comes after a timeout, that's unforgivable. <laughs> Those two are, and he may have done both. I'm not sure, but I know Rogers was always talking about how the gold zone, and he'd walk around. Gold member is his favorite movie, and he walks around the facility, quoting. Gold. He better not be doing that right now, because that's not gonna. You know, if you're zero and three, zero and four, <laughs> you can't be walking in the facility like smoking a pancake. Yeah, I listen to uh, the. Uh W fan or whatever in Denver had him on yesterday and I was listening to the interview. He's a weird guy. He has got weird uncle There vibes. is no pleasing you. Yeah, you, <laughs> you listen to him and you're like, you do not sound like a football coach. Oh, you sound like a nerd. That's a good one. So he doesn't seem like a leader of men to me just on, on first glance and, and obviously in the first two games. And so I kind of brought up the question, how early is too early to fire a coach when you know it's just not a good fit? Like if they came out and they lost this week, I would. I, Which I, I think they're going. People would say fire him. This isn't working. Like mm -hmm. let's get out while we're ahead. Let's not waste two years. Let's just find somebody um, and then try to throw a bunch of money at Sean Payton in the off season. If they lose on a coaching blunder, especially, that would definitely Which they did kick week off. One. And then yep. uh, last week was. I mean, they won, but you know it's. It's not looking good. When you have Russ Wilson and you just gave Russ Wilson a lot of money, you need to find a coach who can coach Russell Wilson. Absolutely. A coach who isn't going to attempt a 64-yard field goal. And then he did the worst thing you can do. The next day he came out and said, yeah, we should have gone for it. <laughs> Never do that. <laughs> Never do that. That just makes it worse. Yeah, and I think if you read between the lines, if you're, if you're a coach and you kick it, it was 64 yards. I think that's a wimp move. That's it. That's basically pinning all glory or blame on your kicker rather than just nutting up and saying, we got Russell Wilson. We need four yards. It's fourth down. Right. We're going for it. Like being a little bit of a gambler, showing that you have belief in your offense and not, uh, you know, leaving it up to one guy 
Yeah, if you're not going for that fourth and four, what, why is Russ even here? Why that are we shows me he's afraid to lose and not, doesn't want to win. Definitely, yeah. and like statistically, like if he's a nerd guy, sixty-four yards. Come on, really? Yeah, I mean that was it. It wasn't a bold move. I thought it was. I thought it was taking the coward's way out. Definitely. Oh man, we got a lot of stuff. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be quite a podcast. What do we got? Um, Buffalo Bills offensive lineman Bobby Hart got into a physical altercation with a Tennessee Titans player after the Week Two game on Monday night, which led to him accidentally punching a Titans coach. <laughs> According to a release Ooh. from the league, Hart, who also played for the Titans in 2021, and the unnamed Titans player got into a scuffle that was initiated by the Bills offensive lineman following the game. Here's what the league said. As both teams were heading into the tunnel, you walked directly across the field to seek out your opponent. You approached him near the end zone, and a coach had to hold you back as others shook hands. Once you and your opponent were in the end zone near the tunnel, you confronted him and immediately swung at him with a closed fist, striking the head of Tennessee, the head of a Tennessee coach. Your aggressive conduct could not have caused, could have caused, Jesus Christ. Your aggressive conduct could have caused a serious injury and clearly does not reflect the high standards of sportsmanship expected of a professional. But that wasn't the only game that had assault and battery. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray also (laughs) caught one to the face after the game in Las Vegas. He ran over to some Cardinals fans in the stands after the game, and when he did, somebody slapped the shit out of him. Well, not really. (laughs) But they did make contact. Somebody called the cops. I think it was Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. This is uh, what the story Yahoo had. Las Vegas police spokesman Larry Hadfield told the Associated Press that a battery complaint was filed around 630 local time on Sunday with an allegation that a spectator at the stadium struck a professional football player. The player filing the complaint wasn't known. Yahoo reported Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury told reporters Monday he hopes this fan is banned from NFL stadiums for life. All of them! Kyler, to his credit, didn't make a big deal of it. He said, uh, I'm sure that guy, I'm sure he was having fun. So he basically, you know, I get it, the guy was drunk, whatever. You know, that's a risk you take when you approach the bleachers. In an away stadium. At a Raiders game, especially, yeah. Well, the footage showed, like, they were all, I think they were just trying to, like, like pat him, like, slap him, like, hey, you, like, and then he just got it in the face. Like, he just, like. Well, think about it. When people do the Lambo leap, I mean, people just kind of slap and stuff. Like, I don't know. The guy's drunk. I cut him some slack. I mean, (laughs) this is a, a crime without a victim. So, he took a very pillow hit to the face. Who cares? That might be a good We're calling t-shirt. the cops now. Yeah, he's drunk. Yeah, cut him some slack. That, that's a good t-shirt. <laughs> oh, he's drunk. Cut him some slack. <laughs> I saw a story on the internet. I'm so pissed. I found this story about Russell Wilson plugging himself into the wall after games for recovery, but it's not real. I couldn't find any second source on it. So I'll tell you what is real. This is some bullshit. Angela, this is going to piss you off. What kind of person steals a dog? Like, how bad do your parents have to fuck you up? To get you to the point where you, A, have the thought, I should steal that dog, and B, formulate a plan and actually steal someone's dog, well, you'd be pissed to find out that it actually happens all the time. This one we're about to get into happened in California, where personal property is a social construct, man, and theft of anything less than a car is completely ignored. So this couple is breeding French bulldogs, and the dog they have is really rare. It's got like a fancy calico coat. Almost. It's a cool looking dog. I'll be honest. I don't know what a calico is exactly. It's That's Brindle. Like the, I bet it's like it's the Brindle. splotchy cats. Yeah, it's they Brindle. do have splotchy ones. There's Brindle, Brindle? ones, but there Brindle. is splotchy ones, though. It's a Brindle pup. Oh, that's what this... There's a word. They're so expensive. Um, let me see. The word is in the... Is in the uh, report. So this is a... Hollister police say the theft happened around 1130 a.m. on a Thursday at a home in Terracita Court. Security footage shows two masked men leaving through the front door with the dog in their hands after holding up the homeowner at gunpoint and attacking her. Amanda Hightower told sister station KSBW that she believes the attack was pre-planned, explaining that she'd left for just a few minutes Thursday morning before returning for a forgotten item. Yeah, so they'd been watching her for a while, at least for that day. And then they 
they thought they could get in and out. She came in, surprised them. So she comes in. Holy shit's all around, I assume. Uh, one of these guys knocks her down while the other one grabs the dog. She's trying to grab this dude's hood. He gets pissed, smashes her in the face with the pistol. They get out of there with Sir Wrinkle Tinkles or whatever people name their oh. bulldogs. Um, she said, please don't take my dog. Please don't take my dog. The dog is worth a reported $7,000. The animal has a rare Merle coat, M-E-R-L-E coat, yeah. and and is pregnant. So there's other $7,000 do- dogs in this gold-plated dog uterus. Um in recent years, the soaring popularity of the French bulldog breed has driven up the price tag on animals to thousands per dog. Yeah, it's a cool looking dog. It looks like a tapestry type. I don't know. The it's, joke it's is on those cool. guys because uh, those things don't just bird their puppies. That's like it's a whole say. deal. You got to yeah. they're C-section dogs. You got to yep. cut them open. And it costs a lot of money to get a the puppies l- out. The reason why they're the so dog. expensive. Yeah, Holy yep. shit. there's a lot Folks of bad animals. Jokes on them. Hightower believes the men cased her home. Wait for it. After finding out Milani was expecting online. Oh, so I guess it's not Captain Tinker Tits or whatever. It's Milani. Milani. That's a whole thing. Like when we bought our dog, I had to like, like do some extensive work to make sure that I wasn't being duped into giving money for a dog that didn't exist. There have to be people who are online looking for dogs just like this that are oh, having yeah. puppies that they can you know worst case and it, it ended up being worst case was she comes home and we have to we have to beat her up and take the dog but i'm sure she i don't know i didn't read anything about a guy living there i'm not sure but they clearly it looks to me like they had they knew when she was going to be leaving when she how long she was going to be gone and that the dog was there. Well, here's the other part of it. So in order to, to move a dog like that, right, you have to do the same thing and put it on social media so that people can know that they're for sale. And if anybody saw that documentary about the people who like cats or don't yeah. act with cats or whatever, those guys are probably going to get pinched. <laughs> yeah, it's a small community. Count on it. <laughs> you can't just pop up with $7,000 puppies and no one in the community has ever heard of you before. Yeah. That is going to be red flags. They better have a dog fence. What a bunch of dicks. On to cooler things. The St. Brown Brothers. This show is is a pro St. Brown Brothers podcast. In week one, they each caught touchdowns less than five minutes apart. Equinemius caught one against the 49ers, and then Amon Ra caught one his first of the year versus the Eagles. But the old man was psyched about that. This is... The best, though, a guy drafted Amon Ra to his fantasy team, and promptly after the draft, he sent him a message of congratulations on Instagram, instant on the private message, the DMs, as the kids say. This is what he sent Amon Ra. Congrats, you have been selected to my fantasy team. With that being said, I want to set some ground rules. You will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts, and then you will run a mile. Perfection. <laughs> so Amon Ra has gotten off to this incredible start this season, and after he had a multi-touchdown game in week two, he posted a <laughs> on Instagram a photo of him catching one of his touchdowns with the caption, hope I don't get a foot in my John Brown hind. <laughs> so he is he is having fun with it. Which That's is great. Cool. I'm hoping this guy was kidding too, and that it wasn't that he's not one of these uh, weirdos. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Here's another thing. <laughs> Here's another thing that wasn't in the podcast until yesterday. Um, did you know that they call Teddy Bridgewater Mister U-Haul, dude? Teddy Bridgewater is awesome. I saw a story about him drawing up plays for his old high school team on Friday night. And then they started talking about him like, oh, yeah, they call him Mr. U-Haul because he's always loading up trucks and giving away stuff to kids. So I Googled Teddy Bridgewater, Mr. U-Haul, and here are the search results that came out. Teddy Bridgewater's neighborhood toy drive exceeds expectations. Teddy Bridgewater surprised Miami kids with toy drop off. Saints QB hands kids cash. 
what Teddy Bridgewater did when he ran out of toys to give away to kids in his hometown. Spoiler alert, he gave them all $20 bills, every single <laughs> kid. And then he said, see, and you never hear about it. And they're like, why don't you publicize this? He said, see, the thing is, when you're genuine and your heart is pure, the attention means nothing. This yep. was last July. My my new name in the hood is Mr. U-Haul because I will pull up and shut down 15th Ave whenever I feel like it. That's Just awesome. handing shit out. And if you're still not impressed, he the next headline I showed uh, that showed up, Teddy Bridgewater reads his children's book to students. Yeah, he wrote a book called That's Little awesome. Bear Teddy. And kids uh-huh. love it. he's like work done, just out there doing great stuff. Zero cameras. That's awesome. Well, glad to hear it. Officially a Teddy Bridgewater guy. Me too. Gal. Should we talk about NHL salaries? Mm. Yeah. Can we all agree that hockey players are disgracefully underpaid? Yes. However, this is, and Coach would tell you, is a directly tied to the complete lack of a sales team at the main office up there in Saskatoon or wherever the fuck um, the NHL headquarters is. These guys are sacrificing more for the game, arguably, than anybody else in the major sports. A defenseman is essentially forfeiting his ability to walk after the age of 50 if he's going to play 10, 12 years in the league. And he'll likely not have a bunch of money to retire on either. Bleacher Report had a nice article about Nathan McKinnon's new contract. John living in Denver, he's becoming Mr. Hockey. Mm. Brought hockey to the podcast. I love it. Nathan McKinnon is now the highest paid hockey player ever. Yep. Here's the structure. Um, Colorado superstar forward has signed an eight-year extension with the Colorado Avalanche that reportedly has an average annual value of $12.6 million. He's getting about 15 and a half each of the first three years, so that's decent. 23-24, with a $775,000 bonus. Um, 24-25, 15.7, 25, 26, 15.2. Then 26 and 27, he gets $3 million signing bonus. Oh, these are all signing bonuses. The 15 and 24 and 25 and 25 and 26 is all signing bonus. 775K salary. That's interesting. Then in 26, 27, he gets $3 million on a signing bonus and $9 million in salary. Then he starts getting 8.9 in signing bonus and 990k in salary. So most of this is in signing bonus. This is interesting. This is different than a lot of the football contracts I see. Mm-hmm. It's almost all signing bonus. That's wild. They're still grossly underpaid. Like their their yes. league does a shitty job at marketing them. There's so much more money that they're leaving on the table. And I don't know if they're lazy or like just I don't I can't believe that the fan base isn't there. Maybe it's not. I mean, it's not football, but they could be doing better. It's an exciting sport. Well, it's definitely better than baseball. Yeah. And yeah, I ran the numbers on if since he's making 12.6 next year, where does that rank with MLB, NFL and NBA? Mm. And in the NBA, he'd be ranked um, 112th. Um, there's 111 people making more than that in the NBA. In the NFL, it's 161st. In the MLB, which nobody watches, it'd be 97th. And it's similar to basketball in that it's you know just a few guys on the ice at a time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with TV dollars, but you know, if if the NHL has to do with the NBA does and makes. A, a big soap opera after about everything, then so be it. Keep them, keep them paying less because we don't need two NBAs. That's too much. I I think that's where a lot of the TV deals come in is there's a lot of drama. It's a flashier sport. Well, it's not even a flashier sport. It's more of a, I don't know. It's just different. So it's unfortunate that these guys don't get paid nearly what they could in another sport for being at the top of their field. Maybe it doesn't yeah, help them that the season's so damn long, too. I mean, if you think about football, mm-hmm. you know, it's so short compared to a, a hockey season. Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing their ass off in these in these shifts. Like, they come off the ice completely spent. 
If you're a kid who's excellent at three sports and one of them is hockey, it's low odds that you're going to choose to play hockey professionally given the beating you're going to take for the dollars you collect. But also, yeah. it's it's insanely expensive to play youth hockey. In Chicago, a, a co-worker of mine, his son played, and I asked him what the price was each year, and he said about twenty grand. Oof. That's so, prohibitive. Yeah. Me and me and Kate used to live in in Lakeville, Minnesota, and I knew a lot of people that their kids played hockey and it was uh these were house mortgages they were spending a month. Mm -hmm. And and that's mm -hmm. with like the travel, the equipment, the hotels, the out yep. to eat. It's just a whole culture. Yeah. It's these traveling teams and they go all over. They're not just in Minnesota. Yeah. That's yeah, a whole lifestyle you're signing up for. Oof. It's like equestrian. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's expensive too oh <laughs> uh, did you see this thing about herm edwards i'm gonna save we're gonna have chris mcminn on next week i'm gonna save most of the college football for that but um herm edwards evidently his staff hated working for him so much that they were helping the opponents he's in trouble for tampering or recruiting violations something i think it's pure ignorance i found an article from the athletic that said asked Asked if Edwards bothered to learn NCAA rules, a former athletic department staff member said, I don't think it was a top priority for him. Uh, another said that during Edwards' first year, Staffords would have to, quote, babysit Edwards at events where contact with certain prospects was prohibited. Um, he's such a nice guy that he would just, hey, can we get a picture? And yeah, no problem. Like the former, you know, like he didn't know that it was against the rules to talk to these kids. So he's just, you know, hanging out with them, splitting appetizers, taking photos, <laughs> violating the fuck out of uh, some rules. Not but back good. to the people sabotaging the program. An opposing coach recently told The Athletic that it wasn't hard to get intel on the season's um, team because some within Arizona State Athletics wanted a coaching change. If true, this opens up a number of conspiracy theories, including one that could involve the higher-ups at Arizona State instructing coaches to leak intel, which would mean more losing for Edwards, which would mean more losing for Edwards, making it that much easier to fire him. Yeah. Losing 30-21 at home to Eastern Michigan was already a bad way for Edwards mm -hmm. to go out. It looked like they fired him on the field. They're denying that, but it looked like a guy walked up and just straight fired him. But if this is true, then it's a fire everybody situation from the AD on down. Yeah. If you're instructing other teams, opponents on how to beat your coach, just fire the guy. Yeah, just fire what the guy. What kind of a passive aggressive shit is that? Yeah, you have to be a pretty big pussy to go about it that way. Plus, um, couldn't you get in trouble for that? <laughs> like, why do we not care about that part of it? That's going to violate all kinds of stuff. What the hell? My goodness. You'll get a nice job at ESPN or NFL Network or something. I'm not worried about Herm Edwards. Yep, he can come work here. I always <laughs> thought that yell. was a weird hire to begin with. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, we were talking in the group text about how baseball is doing like the Manning cast where they have players on the side talking about baseball. And it's awesome. I don't admittedly watch the Manning cast unless I don't give a shit about the game or it's out of hand. Because if I'm trying to watch the football, I need to hear the football. And they don't allow me to hear the football. But watching baseball with CC Sabathia telling stories is awesome. That's that how I want to so watch cool. most games. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was so cool. I felt like I was at a bar with those guys. I was like, this is yeah. great. And the stories they were telling, you know... Like, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened. Oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best. Got these, like, inside scoop nostalgia stories. And then, like, the mechanics of the game where it's like, oh, like, I thought I knew what was going on. And I had no idea that they're looking for this, looking for that. It was awesome. I liked it a lot. I, I would watch baseball like that every night. Yeah, you get a couple all-time great pitchers. Yeah, that was cool. Um, what else we got? I think that's about it. I'm going to save the bear attack story for coach next week. We'll save bear attacks. We'll save no more bedlam. I'm sure coach will have some takes on no more bedlam. All right. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. We say it every time, but we truly do appreciate it. As long as you keep listening and sharing the show with friends, we'll be here making shows. I promise. Of course, you know by now that the thing that really puts rocket fuel in the Patriot Sports Tank is a stack of those five-star reviews. Nothing pleases our algorithmic overlords quite like a five-star review. Like this one from Melody Fazio. That's a name, Melody Fazio. I like that a lot. Who said, one of the best. I like your podcast a lot. I love listening to it most of the time. Good enough. I'll take most of the time. We'll take it. Thank you, Melody. I bet she tells her friends, too. I bet she tells her friends to listen to it most of the time. See, that's all you have to do. A few words and the algorithm is satisfied. I'd love to read yours, too. Just send it on in. If it's on a platform other than Apple Podcasts, I'm not going to see it. I'm a lazy person when I search for the reviews. Send a screenshot to Eric at PatriotSportsNow.com or send me a direct message on the Twitter. I'll get it on the podcast for you. Speaking of PatriotSportsNow.com, go check out that site. We got all kinds of articles and cool shit on there. More on the way. Okay. Time to watch some football. Angela, go eat some vitamin C or whatever and get better. (laughs) Until next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.